2: Hello and welcome to the Olive Magazine podcast. My name is Laura Rowe. I'm the editor of the magazine. and fresh from my holiday in soggy Bristol. I'm back and ready as ever to chew over this week's juicy fat as your host. This week we're talking mispronunciation or mispronunciation, depending on how you say it. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. With thanks to the Co-op and Oxford English Dictionary who have put together a very interesting list of all those food words that we just can't pronounce. Alex is back from her trip to Macedonia with Intrepid Travel. She'll be exploring the likes of freshly fried donuts, cheese and jam pies, and getting in the spirit, sorry, not sorry, of their sterling day drinking tradition. And I have my very own ode to avocado, our cover star for July. We are celebrating the alligator pear. Yes, that is actually what it's called. In all its incredible versatility, from barbecuing to baking, sweets to drinks, there is so much you can do with this humble fruit. And yes, it is a fruit. First up, we have Janine, our food editor, Alex, our editorial assistant and digital writer, and Gregor, our in-house pedant and chief sub, production editor and writer on those foreign food names we just all struggled to pronounce.
0: So this week, um, the Co-op and Oxford English Dictionary created a list of words that people wrong um, pronunciation and um, they're all food words and they, they issued 20 of them so we thought we'd have a chat about our own little pronunciation problems, <laughs> um, <laughs> words that we struggle with, yes. words that we started off pronouncing one way and ended up pronouncing another and yeah. all things surrounding that. So, Gregor, tell us about your your struggles with words.
3: Oh, I have so many struggles <laughs> with words, <coughs> pronunciations particularly. Uh, it's not limited to food, of course. Um, apparently, the way that I say caricature is all wrong. Yeah, that's Caricature, cool. <laughs> yeah. But, but, <clears throat> and, and also, uh, for years, I thought it was Thessaris because it couldn't possibly be pronounced the same way as a dinosaur. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, With food words. One thing that that always grabs me when people get it wrong is when they say Mm. cardamom instead of cardamom Um, because Uh, it's spelt with an M. And um, also, it's jalapeno, but it's habanero because they're, yeah. they're, they're, we don't have that little squiggly end, line above yeah. the N. Okay. Um, not because of that, that represents how it is pronounced. Anyway, that's a hyper which is irritating. But another one we always get <laughs> wrong in this country is espresso. Yeah. Of course, that's spelt with an S, not with an X, but you see it misspelt all over the place as well, yeah. spelt with an x people, but espresso.
0: But people pronounce it expresso, don't really? they? Really? I now, I've heard yeah. a few people ask for an espresso. Oh, God. I've heard a lot
3: of people Really? <laughs> yeah. And
0: we're not condemning those people. No, no not we're at just, all. You know, no, we're not at all. Because I... there's several things that we, we've all been guilty of. Yeah, and yeah. this is the
3: thing, it's because so many of the things that we that we pr- are eating and drinking now yeah. are f- of foreign origin. Yes. And we have the words taken into English and it takes quite a while before we end up with uh, either Pronouncing it in a British way, yes, it sticks that way quite often. Or we keep using the foreign way of pronouncing it.
4: Um, Also, with in terms of like your who you've grown up with. My my mum always pronounced sorry, mum, but she always pronounced um, (laughs) quinoa as quinoa. Mm -hmm. And I only a few years ago did I realise that it was actually quinoa, and people laughed at me. But it's that's all you know. So I think yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, nobody should be. Um, condemned, as you say. I think I've got a problem, well, not a
0: problem, but <laughs> I feel slightly uncomfortable when I'm having a conversation with someone and then they suddenly drop a word in in a massively exaggerated accent. <laughs> like they'll say, uh, yeah. paella yeah, yeah, in yeah. the middle of talking about something about yeah. Spanish food. And I mean, I would, I'd probably just say paella because, you know, I, I'm not Spanish and I don't want to try and kind of Bring to bear a Spanish accent on it, but yeah. um, and I think it's quite a natural thing to say. But I don't know what do you guys think?
3: Uh, it's, well, that's a difficult one. When what w- words like paella that we've gr- that we've grown up yeah. with have been have been. Ang- Anglicised, yeah,
0: and and Mm -hmm. so and so, I think
3: everyone's used to calling it paella, and it's only because food has become so much more fashionable. Trendy, it's trendy, isn't it? People try to do it the authentic way, but then that's often difficult as well. The 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 most obvious difficult one in that in that context at the moment is uh, is it chorizo, is it chorizo, or is it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, uh, you have to try and guess what sort of person oh, you're talking to. Can you to. say the yes. last
0: one again? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Maybe just... <laughs> <laughs> but you have to try and guess which way the person's going to receive yeah. it that, that yeah. you're talking to. And sometimes you go, can I have some <laughs> chorizo, please? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, back off. Yeah. you back out. You a back out
3: yeah. yeah. But
4: the problem with that one is I... Um, I studied Spanish I lived in Spain. Yeah. And even within Spain, mm-hmm. um, not to mention other Latin American and Spanish-speaking countries, they all say it differently. So yeah. where I was from, because it was where I was from, where <laughs> I lived, <laughs> um, was in the very, very south. So everyone was like, chorizo. Mm-hmm. But then someone from Madrid, yeah. uh, I don't know how they pronounce it, but they'd be like. That's wrong. Yeah. So we've got no hope. <laughs> yeah. I I would kind of stick to the yeah. safe so just because. Yeah. you know, some people don't think you're trying to. Try well, try to it's to a bit. A
0: bit. It, it's a little. I don't know. Is it a bit try hard? It is a little. I can't say. I can't say. It's Paella.
4: like it's when it's
3: newscasters just, suddenly all started saying Mikhail Gorbachev. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: But yeah, we're so in like, I think because we're so international like these days and like there's so many Spanish um Spanish restaurants that are opened by Spanish people. Yeah. So however they pronounce it you just assume it's yeah. the correct way seeing whereas that, back in the day maybe not so much.
3: Seeing that does anyone know how to pronounce nduja? Oh, well,
0: actually last week last it week when Ndugia. I was in in when I was interviewing um um, Antonio from Lanima, mm-hmm. he pronounced it, and en- because that's how they pronounce it in Italy. But he said, oh, but they would pronounce it differently in Spain. And mm-hmm. the way he said it, it sounded pretty good. But I've always said anduja because yeah. you know I don't yeah. know. How do you know <laughs> yeah. I do know. Yeah. But yeah, there's quite a few. I mean, weirdly, it says I, I don't know if this list is um, in order, but tat, tat, I would say Tatsiki, but it, it is actually satsiki. But it's got that little S after the T. Yeah, that's difficult. But I think if you called it tatsiki, no one would, um, no. you know, arrest you. And then um, ceviche. I mean, I thought it was ceviche with a V, but they, they've they got it as ce- ceviche with a B. Is that right?
4: Um, well, Spanish, they don't pronounce the V. They can't. Okay. They can't pronounce the, the V. But I, I think ceviche is a bit much, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's a bit much. Um, yeah, I think that's a bit...
0: And then one we've been talking about today, chipotle. Yes. Um, which I think, um, I think we all kind of. Do we know that? Or do we call used to call it chipotle. Well, I think I some people it. call it chipotle and or chipotle. I used to yeah. Call but it chipotle until you, Jade, <laughs> Jade it was chipotle. It is definitely
3: um, chipotle. Yeah, yeah um, that's that's yeah. correct. And uh, it was one on here that I, that I was quite surprised by. Uh, Guacamole. No, no, that one was that one no, was alright. Bruschetta. Yeah. That's fine. Prus- so yeah, there's don't... one's got an R in it, and it might be because I'm Scottish, but yeah. Oh, is it maraschino? Edamame. 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 Well, I would have Ooh. thought it was edamame. 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 Yeah.
4: <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> edamame. <laughs>
3: Moving on.
4: Edamame. Yeah.
3: yeah <laughs> but it's got an R in it, so that's edamame.
0: Edamame. Well, I think they they just want you to to make them. The ma rather well, than the ma, ma. ma uh, rather than mommy. the ma the short. I
3: say it's the, short. <laughs> the way that they've done it. I see. Okay.
0: Anyway, if, if anybody, <laughs> if anyone would like to go and check out this for themselves, I think we can probably share it on our, our website when the podcast comes out, and yep. you can you can get together with your friends and family and discuss <laughs> which of these you say properly and which you don't, and then you can reeducate yourselves. But um, <laughs> yeah, and do do get in touch, um, tweet us or. Um, send us a message on Facebook telling us which words you have problems with, because obviously this is a conversation that's going to run and run. um, (laughs) Right, thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much.
2: And now Rhiannon, our travel editor, speaks to Alex, our very own intrepid traveller, about her recent trip to Macedonia, where slow food and regular drinking lakeside are the order of the day. So, Alex, you've just been
1: on a food tour
2: of Macedonia. I
1: have. Which is not exactly inked
2: onto everyone's food map.
4: Where is it and what's it like? It's in the Balkans, so it's between Greece, Albania and Bulgaria. Um, but it's, it's absolutely beautiful. It's a real, I hate to use the term, but it's a real hidden gem uh, because um, it's just full of lakes, mountains, little alpine mountain villages, and it's very still, and quiet because there just aren't that many people there and it's not been hit by the tourist wave yet.
1: It sounds really lovely and you got to see it in a really privileged way because you're staying with local families and Mm -hmm. getting a real insider perspective.
4: Yeah so as I said um, Macedonia hasn't really been hit by the tourist wave yet. I can imagine it will be In about five years' time, it might be a bit more like Croatia um, in terms of hotels, etc. But they're quite few and far between now, the the hotels. So I actually travelled with a small group adventure tour company called Intrepid Travel. And we got to stay in some really unique places, like some little little homestays. Um, And my favourite was a little pink house on stilts by the lake in a town called Le Nouveau. Or Le Nuovo. <laughs> um and it was—it had lots of little alpine summer houses in this town, and it was just—it was so cute because the man of the house, Danny, he—he um, he came in in blue overalls because he'd just been chopping firewood, and uh, Tina greeted us in an apron because she was in the middle of cooking us dinner. So it was really, really lovely, um, and she made us an amazing feast of really. It really hearty but uh, comforting dishes. like All kind of home cooked. Yes, very, very, very home cooked. So we had a huge loaf of bread with three types of flour in it and then green pepper stuffed with rice and meat and tomato and they have been slow cooked for ages, so they were really caramelised and I like scraped the the crisp like, bottom off the <laughs> the bottom of the baking dish so that was really, really great food. Um, again, it's just not, not fussy but that's sometimes the best um, and Also, for breakfast, they make really, really hearty dishes. So we we walked in in the morning and she was frying these massive pancakes and um, donuts for us. And then we had them with homemade blackberry jam. So it was was really, really great. Not the place to go to lose some weight. (laughs) No, no, because they are obsessed with pies in Macedonia. (laughs) Everywhere we went, we tried a different version of this local pie called Pita. And um because it's it's very cold in Macedonia. So they um they just like stock up as much as they can. So they're not like big people at all, but <laughs> we we struggled because there was just so much so much food. But um my favourite pie was um a hotel called Hotel Tuto, which was in the mountain village of Jantje. um And the Local women uh, are trained to make um, these pies, so they use the local community, which is really nice, and they make 20 of these massive pies a day, and it's an amazing process because they stretch out the pastry across this huge work surface, so it's almost translucent, and then they they put little dollops of whatever the filling might be. So we had a really nice salty cheese that was almost like a feta and also a sticky sweet blackberry jam, but in the same pie. So they dollop it over um, the surface and then they roll it up and wind it into a giant spiral. And then once it's cooked, that you get little pockets of like the sticky sweetness from is the it, jam. Is and it quite
1: flaky then or is it more... a you know, a
4: solid pie. It is quite flaky, but because it's wound up into a spiral, it doesn't fall apart or anything. But um, yeah, you get it gets really crisp on the outside. It's it really lovely. And so, is it all quite heavy, hearty food? Um, it is, but it's very fresh as well because um, they really, really hone in on. Um, their locality of their food and they use the local produce and they've got so many herbs so many that there aren't even English translations Like that we were our guide was so so informative and his English was brilliant but he just, just is no translation um, so we had um, we had a gorgeous um a uh, fresh forest soup, which sounds quite random, but it's uh, had greens from the forest, such as nettles, celery, wild garlic, and some, yeah, some that's so local you don't even have an English translation. And they that was at um, a place in Dehovo, and it was a little villa. And they also catch river crabs and use that in their cooking. And um, we also had some honey from the beekeeper who um, has a little beekeeping farm what were they called? Beehives oh, yeah yeah he keeps hives about 100 yards down the road and um, the intrepid trip was brilliant because um, you get to go meet this this guy who's called um, Mako and he's been a beekeeper for since he was 16 and he he started with one bee family that his dad gave him and now he's got 150 <laughs> so um, yeah we helped to make his made, make his honey um, and we sported some very interesting beekeeping attire for <laughs> the
1: occasion. It sounds right though, because you were telling me that the name of the trip was Intrepid's Real Food Adventure.
4: Yes, so it was quite an
1: adventurous trip, meeting producers and getting oh, out there. Oh, yeah,
4: completely. There's a lot of very exclusive experiences. Like we went up into above Lake Offridge, We went to this another homestay, but you can't. Sorry, it's not a homestay because you can't stay there. But they set up a little restaurant in the in the back and it's all like based on slow food because they're really, Macedonia's quite focused on slow food and they've got a pioneer called Tefik um, and he set up Macedonia's first um, certified eco shop and they sell um, cherry and blackberry marmalades and black honeys and pine tree honeys. So oh, again, nice. we've got all those herbs in there and they, they make the most of these herbs in the rakia. I think that's how you pronounce it. And that's um, a spirit that they have. Um, they shot it any time of the day, breakfast, <laughs> after lunch, before lunch, while waiting for the car. It's just like more and more and more Rekki. More re- re- <laughs> so yeah, that was interesting. Also, as well as that, they've got some wine, haven't they? Yes. Yeah. So um, they've got a really fruitful wine district called Tik T- 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 um and we travelled with Mas- a Macedonian wine expert called Ivana, who told us all about the local grapes. Um and they have one indigenous commercially made grape called Stanushina, which is really light and refreshing, and it's got a really like fruity sweetness. Um, but they actually make some white wines with, with this grape because it's so light and fruity. And we tried that at um a winery called Popova Kula, which means um Pope's Tower. And um, they do wine tastings, um, and that's really um, a really good experience to go there. And what would you say is your real standout experience
1: from the whole trip?
4: Um, I'd probably say there's a beautiful lakeside town called Ochridge, and I'd say that's the most touristy um, town in Macedonia and you can catch a little boat with one of the local fishermen to this family-run restaurant which is right on the edge of the lake and it's got a wooden jetty that you sit on and watch the little boats rowing past. And we um, we had uh, our breakfast there and we, it doesn't sound very nice but it was delicious. We had a really light fish soup um, which used trout and carp from the lake um, and then also obviously a shot of rakia um, (laughs) to warm your body up for the day so yeah that was that was really interesting I definitely recommend that
1: if you would like to find out more about Alex's trip log on to olivemagazine.com and check out the magazine in a few issues time where she'll be writing more about it
2: Finally, I'm back with food editor Janine to discuss my one true love. No, not Naughty's hip-hop or Ryan Gosling films, but The Avocado, the undying trend of 2016. Okay, so Janine, we are talking about my absolute obsession <laughs> at the moment and our front cover for our July issue, That's right. Avocados. Yes. yes. We love them, don't we?
0: We love avocados. And I think everyone out there loves them as well, by judging by how much love we get from them on Facebook and our website.
2: Yeah, 100%. Well, it's not just a salad ingredient, is it? This is a thing that we're learning and it's shown by our front cover as well. There's yeah. so many things you can do with that delicious, creamy, slightly bland, but... So, so good. I think we've moved
0: on a massive amount since um, they were just halved and filled with a prawn cocktail, which is probably (laughs) how I first... Still great, though. Still love that. Um, I've been using them in smoothies recently. Okay. um, After our... Friends the Green Kitchen Stories came yes. in. And best tip I've had this year, which is um, when you get your avocados, if they're super ripe, you cut them into chunks, f- open freeze them on a little tray and then put them in bags and leave them in the freezer. And then they're perfect for smoothies. Oh, that's a great and they idea. don't discolour or do anything. So I'd be, amazing. you just add like a quarter to your smoothie and you yeah. just get the most silky texture.
2: And it's then really obviously good for guac as well, to do it like that as well.
0: Um, I haven't tried it with guacamole. What What's nice about freezing it is it not only becomes the... The creamy thing of the smoothie, it makes it ice cold as well. So you just get this double bubble of, you know, of yumminess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also um, Anna, our healthy food writer, um, did this fantastic thing where she used the avocado flesh as a substitute for um, the fat in a chocolate mousse. So you kind of whiz it with melted, really, really dark chocolate Mm. and you just get this fantastic. And you can't taste the avocado um, it just gives the lovely kind of silky, almost fatty flavor, but yeah. without the, you know, it's kind of good fat. So it's, um, it's just a great substitute. And I think more and more where, be, because people are getting, you know, falling in love with them, um, we're finding out more and more uses for them.
2: Yeah. Well, there's lots of sweet uses for them, aren't there? There's um, an Indonesian, we're talking about pronunciation earlier, yeah. Indonesian uh, <laughs> chilled sweet drinks that they use with milk and coffee mm. and chocolate syrup and avocado. And then Brazilians, Sprinkle theirs with sugar. Yeah, I've
4: heard
2: that. Um too. and also there's a restaurant in London which we're featuring one of their recipes in our October issue called Portland Restaurant, and they do a lovely um avocado dessert with yogurt, sorbets, and yogurt meringue yeah, texture. You can see how it just it just sort of sits over both of those sweet and sweet unsavoury. Yeah, it's that creaminess, counts. isn't it? Yeah. it works so well. But yeah, I love it best savoury, I have to admit. It's a <laughs> yeah, breakfast staple of mine. I have it kind of every which way. I have it mashed, I have it sliced, avocado rose. <laughs> Uh, yeah, baked. And I did, um, again, in a previous issue, and this is online as well, an amazing uh, baked avocado recipe with smoked salmon and an yeah. egg, which you put in the oven. And, and then for me,
0: like, delicious. egg and chilli sauce, oh, is, my God. that's like the, the heaven. Yeah, like, holy, uh, holy trinity. Holy <laughs> trinity, that's exactly what I was after. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> so, so good. So we've got an amazing collection of avocado and toast recipes online and an avocado um We've got an av- a sort
0: of avocado hero recipes collection as well, which we're adding to every month, okay. so um, it just gets longer and longer. So, yeah. What is your ideal avocado and toast recipe, Janine? Um, I would do um, sourdough and then squidged avocado just straight on top of the sourdough. Okay then I would have a poached egg mm. and I would have some kind of Asian chili sauce I'm okay. not I'm not exclusive to Asian <laughs> chili sauce if you open my store cupboard it's actually quite shocking how many chili sauces I've got you're
2: such a flirt with yeah, I, I will. yeah I'll go so anywhere focal, with it yeah
0: um but something with some real fire just all over the top of it and that's that's just a perfect and I think it's just a really simple breakfast as well I yeah. think again we said egg avocado alf- chili I don't really
2: need to go beyond that no <laughs> so so good well I've done loads recently I'm well, research. F- <laughs> I've seen your research
0: yeah, on the internet.
2: If anybody follows me on Instagram, <laughs> it is kind of a running joke that I just I'm kind of sponsored by the avocado yeah. tourist board or something. Um it's not an avocado tourist board. I'm sure is. there is, yeah. Um, either way, I'm not sponsored by them, it's an independent love. But um I tried terrizzo jam on sourdough oh, yeah, toast with avocado and a fried egg. Mm. Um I made some really nice um quesadillas on the weekend actually. Um, but I ate them so quickly I couldn't Instagram them. They were yeah. that good uh, <laughs> with like a really slow cooked sweet and sour pepper um, and shallots and a bit of cumin and some cheese quesadilla. Mm. Those and then just avocado on the side and it was oh. kind of that hot cheesy quesadilla and then the cooling avocado was so so Fantastic. good. Fantastic. But also I know quite a lot about avocados too. Okay, have you got your fact sheet? I've got a fact sheet. <laughs> um, this is not just for fun research. I did actually have to do this for a book that I wrote um, a little while ago, but. It's so interesting because they kind of look kind of really unassuming. and But there's so much to learn about them. So one, there's some great names for the avocado. One of them, my favorite, is the alligator pear. That's good. Which I love, which is kind of to do with that knobbly black skin that they have. Um, They're classified as races. So there's a Mexican avocado, okay. a Guatemalan avocado, and a West Indian. And there's um, hundreds of these hybrids of these different races. But the Haas avocado, which is the one that you'll yeah. find in the supermarket, mm-hmm. the black knobbly one. The really knobbly one. That is a modern Mexican-Guatemalan hybrid. So, And that's about 80% of the world's production is based on that Hass mm-hmm. avocado. But sometimes you'll see the, the slightly green one as well.
0: Yeah, I think they've um, slightly overtaken because I'm sure when I was growing up, the, the, the sort of smooth green one yeah. was the more was the more like popular or, or it was you could get that you know it was more available yeah whereas Hass seems to be and I, I kind of like Hass because the the skin's slightly thicker and yeah. it, it seems to protect the avocado does, a little yeah. bit more
2: which is obviously why they're why they're producing that and why they're pushing that yeah. sort of breed yeah. yeah it's definitely more supermarket friendly the Hus I think one. so yeah but um also they come in all different kinds of sizes so um some of my friends have had a very lucky experience of traveling around South America. I know you've been over there as I've well. I've been to Chile,
0: you know? yeah, to go um, and see avocados growing in the wild. Yeah, but they was, can be yeah, I mean, interesting. They, yeah, they are. They 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 grow on these kind of small trees, and um, it's you kind of don't expect to see. It. It's just like a, a a tree and there's avocados
4: hanging. Um, so yeah, it's and how do they
2: hang? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get telling, it
0: out. Come on! I was telling the girls that when we were there, one of the farmers said that they hang in pairs, <laughs> and they. Um, um, resemble a part of the male anatomy. <laughs> um, and then he gave me the Chilean name for it and I can't remember it. So um, probably Yes.
2: Best. yes. <laughs> Not suitable for work but or it's, um, for podcasts.
0: But it's a beautiful tree and when you're out there and you're eating avocado in a country where it's grown, I mean, it's just, you know, they really embrace it. Yeah. One of the best things we had actually, and it's a trendy drink now, is um, Pisco Sour, <laughs> which is so Pisco, like, which is a, a um, South American spirit. Mm. Um, and I think... Um, the Chileans claim that they invented it and the Peruvians claim that they invented it. Okay. Um, and it's it's whizzed with lemon juice and egg white to make yeah. this fantastic cocktail. And what, what we were given was pisco sour with avocado. And they oh, whizzed wow. a bit of avocado into it and it's just
2: gorgeous so Very good yeah. so good go do it another fun fact for you because yeah. i'm sure you're <laughs> loving this is that the avocado tree in those pairs can produce up to 500 of these avocado fruits wow. a year so it's quite a massive amount yeah. um the leaves on the avocado tree they can be used for cooking in mexican dishes oh, really? so obviously they're not available over here but in mexico yeah. they use them um i can't pronounce alex can you pronounce that for me please i there you go. <laughs> um, so that's a dish that they cook over there, but apparently they have this really beautiful Anise flavor. Mm, that sounds so great. It's, yeah. it's I wonder like, if
0: anyone's doing
2: that out there in yeah. London, like importing those, Get yeah, in touch. please do. Yeah, Not come and try them. If anyone's seen that on any Mexican restaurants in the UK, let us know because that'd be super interesting to see what it tastes right. like over here. But um, yeah, so avocado. Hot new trend, it's not no. going away. No. But make sure you try out our latest version of it uh on olivemagazine.com, That's which right. is to barbecue them. Yeah. Definitely worthwhile doing that. And Anna's done this amazing spicy harissa.
0: Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's hummus. kind of like a, there's a there's a there's a kind of chunky hummus, and then there's a spicy harissa sauce, and then there's kind of a tahini drizzle on as well. So it really brings everything together. And yeah. that grilled with some flatbreads is just gorgeous.
2: Proper, proper, nice. Yeah. Cool. All right, so. Get that recipe and plenty more inspiration for your avocado obsession on olivemagazine.com or make sure you buy our July issue, which is on all good newsstands now and features lots of other great vegetarian barbecue recipe ideas. And that's also available to download via our app. Fantastic. Thank Thank you so much, Janine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Olive Magazine podcast. Don't forget to review and rate us on iTunes so lots of other lovely people can listen to us each week. And remember you can subscribe for free to listen to us every single week downloaded direct to your phone or your computer via Acast, iTunes or your favourite podcast provider. And if you want to make this podcast even better, if you think that's possible, I'm going to let you decide that one. Then make sure you tweet us, Facebook, Instagram, snail mail, send pigeon, owls, whatever takes your fancy, just get in touch. We're here to listen to you. So happy cooking, happy listening, and we'll be sure to see you next week.